Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the Laces Out podcast and it's the Super Bowl Roundup episode which is officially the last of the season, I'm sorry to say. We will be putting the Laces Out podcast to bed for another season but we will be back later in the year with Series 5. While I've got you, while I've got your attention, please do consider subscribing. It means a lot to us. And uh, yeah, it's the it's what all the cool kids are doing. So uh, please do take two minutes, just click that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and become one of the crew. Right, let's get going. So here we go. This is CookieCast. Laces out. Recording in progress. Boom shakalaka boom. Recording is in progress for one of the last times. That's right, I'm shutting down the entire... No, not today. Um, However, it's that time of the year for me to open that trunk lid and put in all of my toys that I played with. Russell Wilson goes in. Gronk goes in. My little football goes in. That's right. I've been saying it since the first game of the season, but it is in fact the end of the NFL season because we have had the Superb Owl. The Super Bowl took place Sunday just gone between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. It was at SoFi Stadium with... Many, many famous people in attendance, as the media wanted us to know. And had the biggest halftime show ever. I don't know. I must have missed it. Uh, But hey. So, glamorous co-host, how do you want to kick this puppy off? going through the games a bit of a moot point at this point because being totally honest I felt the game was a bit of a massive letdown wasn't as wasn't as entertaining as I thought it was going to be um, I think Joe Burrow had probably his quietest game since he started his, uh, his career really uh, which is obviously a massive sort of kicking the balls to him I suppose but um, I mean we can go through the props that we that we made selections on and see where we're at from a who won what and then just have brief discussions about the actual game on the halftime show and what may or may not have occurred during the game etc etc First thing we should cover off is for anybody who's listening from an audio perspective uh, Matthew Moore is sitting in the guest seat um, Oh when I when I stare into longingly into the camera and can see all these beautiful faces, uh, I sometimes forget that the uh, the audio listeners can't do the same. 
and I feel I then feel sorry and sad for them so I have to keep them up to date with who's actually here so there's no uh, voyeuristic type things going on so Matthew Moore will take the role of Matthew Moore will be auditioning for the role of guest so we may I have no idea what that what that audition will, will entail. We are about um, to find out. Well, absolutely. Aren't we just? So, obviously, for those who were listening last week slash watching, we made a selection of predictions based around the Super Bowl itself. So we'll go through those point by point. So we picked the first thing to score, the team to be leaving at halftime, the team to win, the MVP of the game, the quarterback and the running back with the most yards, the colour of the Gatorade shower, and the final score of the game. So, the first team to score, myself, Andy and Stu, all picked the Cincinnati Bengals. We were very misguided to do this, as we should have followed in Matt Moore, who picked the Rams to score first. And they did, through Odell Beckham Jr.'s touchdown. In the first quarter. So getting his first point on the board. It is Matthew Moore with the Rams. Next up we have the team to be leading at half time. And across the board. We all had the LA Rams. And true to form. They did indeed lead at the half. Now. Next up. We had the team to win the game overall. Andy, sadly, went in on the Bengals and was well, uh, uh, up, up until about ninety seconds to go in the game. He was looking pretty, pretty spot on with that. And then, obviously, the uh, the Rams' drive got them in the end zone, and uh, it was uh, it was game over from that perspective. But yes, the Rams are the Super Bowl champions. Uh, they did hold on in the end. Managed to get that second Super Bowl for franchise. Next up, we have the MVP of the game. Obviously, slightly more difficult to pick than who's going to win based on the fact there are multiple players as opposed to just two teams. So, Andrew had picked Joe Burrow to be the MVP. Sensible pick quarterback of what he thought was going to be the winning team makes sense Matt had picked Aaron Donald to be the MVP of the game um, I believe that was based off the back of him potentially getting a defensive score maybe a couple of sacks maybe a strip I'm a bit annoyed about that because so am I the game, <laughs> watching the game it was it was the reason why they won but apparently I was listening to a podcast today and the MVP votes go out like the, the MVP because it's the press that do it and it was they were handed out just after the Rams touchdown drive with Cooper Cup so obviously Cup had done very little up until that kind of like last those last couple of drives but if it would have been if it would have been handed out however many seconds later, it would have been Donald, because Donald won the game. Yeah. You know, yes. like... 
I, I, I ended up saying, I was like, I don't feel the the Rams should claim a victory from that game. I feel that Donald should claim the victory. They should be like, this team didn't win, this player won. It wasn't... So I, I had so many sort of opinions about this game in the sense that I felt that the Rams team was quite disjointed in a lot of ways. Stafford doing what Stafford does, which tries absolute hardest to lose the game time after time after time. It's like, oh, uh, is that a, is that a Bengals player? I'm a, I think I play for the Bengals. Let's let's give them that ball then. Cool. Just how many times he was like, I really don't want to win this game. Uh, just going to throw the ball over there. He was woeful in that game. And the fact that he's then going to have walked away with a Super Bowl ring, it's like, that. it's just, it's stuff like that. It's like, the Rams didn't win that game. Aaron Donald won that game. But, what do I know? See, I, 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 get what, I get what everyone's saying. Stuff like that. And I had this conversation with another guy. And he, he, was, he was under the impression that Aaron Donald should have been the MVP as well. 100%. My, my main argument, though, was that Aaron Donald still had the same game. But if Cooper Cup hadn't had that last-minute touchdown catch to go ahead and the sort of end-around sweep, to get on fourth and one uh, around midfield, the Rams wouldn't have won that Super Bowl. So I think based on the last drive alone, you had to give it to Cooper Cup. And then obviously you factor in the fact that he'd scored the touchdown earlier in the game. Up until that last drive, I reckon it was still massively up, like well up for like sort of debate who, who it was going to be. And I think... If the Bengals had hung on and won, I think it would probably have been given to T. Higgins just off the fact that he'd scored two touchdowns. Yeah. The first of which shouldn't have even stood um, because it was an absolute... Oh, no, maybe it was the second one. Yeah, it was the second one because it was the first one that was thrown by Burrow. Um, it was the second one that, that shouldn't have even stood just after half-time because it was a horrendous like missed call on the face... The face mass pull. That, that, Jalen Ramsey. that was that was but, a joke. But they played that back multiple times from multiple angles at multiple different speeds, and you could see how it was missed because it was so fast. It was insanely fast. It like when they when they slowed it down, it's like oh, that is clearly clearly a foul. Yeah. There should have been yellow flags all over the shop, and it shouldn't oh, have been allowed. But when they played it back at like proper speed, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you you just don't see it. So I, I can, like, like I say, I, I can see why people said that Aaron Donald should have won it. But for me, I think, I think Cooper Cup was a deserving winner of it. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I picked him as the MVP, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Stu also picked Cooper Cup as the MVP, so points there for me and Stu. Now here we go. This is where we get into the interesting thing. So, quarterback with the most yards. Technically, there were three people you could pick in this. Technically, as uh, passes were completed by more than two to- uh, by more than two people. So, Indeed. I had picked Joe Burrow to 
to get the most quarterback yards with 307. Andy picked Matthew Stafford with 350. Stu picked Matthew Stafford with 367. And Matt picked Mayor Joe Burrow with 258. So, Matthew Stafford was the correct answer. So, Andy and Stu both get a point there. However, they were both out on the actual yardage, which I believe was... 283 was the most yards by a quarterback, which was Matthew Stafford. So, on the actual yardage, I was technically closest. So, I was... 24 points out or 24 yards out whereas Matt was 25 yards out on his prediction so I, the, if you go over does that not count? that's <laughs> uh, right can it? No. you can be as much as 25 points under but not a single yard over is that what you say? Uh, yeah, sadly, that's that's uh, that's that's not what we do in this game, Matthew. But yeah, don't, worry. don't worry, we'll come back to that later on. So, so technically, Andy and Stu both get the point there, but I get the moral victory, tiebreaker, shall we say, point for being the closest to the actual number of yards. Next up. We have the running back with the most yards. Now, across the board, myself, Andy and Stu had picked Joe Mixon to get this one. So we all get the point there, as he was the quarterback, the running back with the most yards, with 82? No. 72? Let me just double check. Talk amongst yourself. 72. Yeah, Joe Mixon had the most rushing yards of 72. Unfortunately for Matt, he did pick Cam Akers, who had 21 rushing yards on about 20 attempts. So, he was not productive, is the uh, thing to say there, sadly. So, Joe Mixon had 72 rushing yards. So, like I said, myself, Andy and Stu all got the point for... Joe Mixon as the uh, as the rushing champion of the game. However, I went for 120 yards. Andy went for 160 yards. Stu went for 129 yards. Whilst Matt did pick Cam Akers, he only went for 94 rushing yards, which means that technically he was only 22 out of the overall total, whereas I was out by... 38, 48, 48 points out. So, Matt gets the tiebreaker point for that particular round. Next up, we have the final score. I went 34, 31. 65 points total. Andy went 32, 29. 61 points total. Stu went 31-24. 55 points total. Matt went 20-17. 37 points total. The game finished 23-20. 20. 
So getting the point for the final score is Matthew Moore, as he was only six points out. So well done, Matthew. Well, uh, well selected on that one. And the most important of all of the predictions it is the winning colour on the Gatorade shower of a winning head coach. Oh, I'm looking at this with. Oh, should have put this bet on. We should have put the bet on. I, I couldn't find it. We had three different colours across the uh, across the two across the uh, the four selections. Andy had chosen purple, which, as we know from uh, previous years, is a serious outlier. I don't think it's ever been purple. It Pretty has. Make your own it has. I won money on it being purple. Previous years. Stew had backed yellow. Gatorade. I personally would probably uh, think twice about drinking that. Um, however, myself and Matt both went for blue Gatorade. And what, pray, pray tell, of course, was the colour that came out of the big vat. It was none other than blue Gatorade. So, getting a point is myself and Mr Moore. Which means, for the overall standings, Andrew got three out of the eight predictions correct. Well done, Andrew. Well played. Myself, Stu, and Math, Math, Matt, all correctly predicted five out of the eight predictions. Stu, however, was let out with his quarterback yardage and rushing yardage. So comes therefore in third place. So it boils down to who was the closest out of the yardage for the quarterback and the running back. Now, as I said, I was 24 yards out for the quarterback and 48 yards out for the running back. So total, total there, I was out by 72 yards. Whereas Matt was out by 25 yards to the quarterback but only 22 yards out on the running back. So, because he was only out by 47 yards, taking the victory on the predictions, congratulations goes to Mr. Matthew Moore. Well done, sir. Give me that MVP. I deserve it. Me and Aaron Donaldson. He's gonna start. He's gonna start running around the house like this. Run up, run up to the missus. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably best we don't pull at that thread. You see that? Did you see that? There's a video. Uh, I think it was today of them all getting measured for their rings, yep. and some of them were like, yeah, "There's not one big enough." You're like, "Right, okay, we'll get the teeth measure out." <laughs> get Andrew Whitwood. He's like, "No, they just, they just don't fit." Because I, I remember, like, there was loads of stats previously about the rings and, like, how much they cost versus how much is, like, put forward by the NFL. And there's, like, there's, like, a, a, a gap. Because the, the, I think, I think they've put something ridiculous forward, like $50,000 or something. And it's usually not enough. Well, the one, the one that I can always remember was when the Patriots beat the Falcons, and there was the, the, the something that the, something that came out obviously that Robert Kraft had 
commissioned whoever it was that made the rings to make sure that they contained exactly 283 diamonds because of the fact that at one point during the game the Patriots were down 28-3. to And I was like, you prick. You absolute ball bag. Yeah, so yeah, every single every single one of the winning uh, of the winning team Super Bowl rings has 283 diamonds. I'm sure it was something like... Might have been precious stones. I think it was something like they're they're given fifty thousand dollars, but they they average are like seventy. I think I think I'd seen one year it was like seventy six thousand dollars. Oh, it doesn't surprise me for a ring, oh. and the and the players have to pay the deficit. It's like yeah, you would what because I, what I did notice was that we switched over from the coverage we were watching to the BBC coverage, and um, oh, see, had his both, rings on. Yeah. Oh, see, we sat in the, uh, the BBC studio with, yeah. his, with his two rings on. I was like, oh, any excuse to get those bad boys out here. Well, obviously. you would. Oh, absolutely. You'd just be like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, get them Super Bowl rings. Oh, there's something wrong. My arm's so, so heavy, so heavy with the oh, Super Bowl rings. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Are, uh, they're a little... Yeah, it's got, nothing, it's got nothing to do with your wankers cramp there, has it, O.T.? Fucking... So, um, was any was anybody overjoyed with the uh, with the Super Bowl? Uh, like I said, like it was, it promised it promised a lot, and uh, and yeah, it was just a bit underwhelming for me. I think. Like I say, Joe Burrow didn't really have a very good game. Someone, someone actually on Twitter had said that um, he gets a bit of a pass because obviously he's Joe Burrow and it's the Bengals and they weren't supposed to be in that game. Yeah. Where someone, someone quite rightly pointed out, like if that was Baker Mayfield that had had that performance, he'd have been getting absolutely slated on Twitter. Yeah. And so for that, Baker wouldn't have even got Cleveland to. 20 points, so, like, you know, that's kind of... <laughs> pulled the brakes on it. <laughs> I, yeah, I Joe, Bullard, Joe Bullard didn't get the Bengals to 20 points, did he? Joe Mixon threw the first touchdown. I, I don't know. I think I think the big thing for me is the fact that it's this kind of like, all right, this is it now. Joe Burrow is going to go to, like, 20 Super Bowls and, you know, like, stomp Tom Brady into, like, oh, yeah, we thought he was the goat. And, like... No, if you look at that that division, like that division, that conference, like yeah, so you know they got in a way they got quite lucky to get to the Super Bowl. You got to make the plays and stuff like that, but but yeah, you've kind of got to go. You know, you've got to go through Mahomes. You've got to go through Allen. You've got to go through Herbert, who's coming through. Whatever Tennessee, whatever Tennessee do, they've already got Derrick Henry, which is you know. A, but, but what what quarterback do they put in into into place? With the with the quarterbacks that want to leave their teams, you're going to think their teams are going to want to trade them out of conference. They're not going to want to, you know, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. They, you know, they're going to want. They're going to be like, right, yeah, you know, Green Bay and Seattle are going to be like, well, we prefer them to go to the AFC if possible, so we don't have to face them until possibly the Super Bowl. That it could be an absolutely stacked conference when it comes to quarterback play. I mean, like. And like you haven't even mentioned Lamar Jackson in there, like you know he's not exactly going to have like a terrible season again. I can't imagine yeah. once he's back fully fit. Um, there's uh, there's several 
Yeah, there's this. Yeah, basically, it's it's, it's a it's a stacked conference. At the end Speaking of, Jones, of um, Matt Jones is looking pretty good in his yeah opening. yeah. You gotta give him his dues. Uh, I didn't know if he was gonna be a bit of a flash in the pan to start with, but uh, he seemed to have. Uh, Seems to have pulled his socks up and got stuck in. Uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, something that we should probably mention is the the controversy that appeared in the last week of Aaron Rodgers announcing his retirement, and then uh, through Twitter, uh, and then immediately deleting the tweet, um, which has then been followed up the next day by Green Bay releasing a statement saying that they see their future with Aaron Rodgers and they are prepared to stump up big money to make that happen. Um, I'm not overly sure that that's the problem in Green Bay, um, but definitely something worth mentioning. Um, I, I think it was last week we were talking about like the, the sheer volume of... Um, like old guard that have gone out this season, um, Rivers, Roethlisberger, obviously Brady, um, making way for these uh, these young gunslingers to to take take those roles, I guess. Um, Super Bowl. Do you want to talk some stats? Because. A little, little bit late to the party, but to give her a due, she did think that she had an extra day to collate the stats. And uh, as uh, as we were getting down to to zero hour, it turned out that uh, there was double, there was twice as many stats to go through, to to pick through to find the finest. So uh, I've I've shared amongst these gentlemen here some stats, and I myself have some stats. And these are what will be the last stats. Sad times. Here we go. The Super Bowl stats. Cincinnati running back Joe Mixon threw his first NFL pass on Sunday. A six-yard touchdown on a halfback option to wide receiver T. Higgins. Mixon also attempted one pass in college for Oklahoma. Also for a touchdown. Mixon's touchdown pass was the first by a running back in the Super Bowl since the Rams' Lawrence McCutcheon connected in Super Bowl fourteen, A loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Super Bowl, M- uh, Super Bowl 56 MVP Cooper Cup had eight catches Sunday, bringing his 2021 total playoff total to 33. Most ever by one player in a single postseason. Uh, McPherson's 14 converted field goal tied Adam Vinatieri's mark uh, in 2006 for most makes in one postseason. Uh, it's at this point, I can't. Uh, per ESPN, Cup became the first wide out to win the receiving triple crown, which is receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Offensive Player of the Year honors and Super Bowl MVP in the same season. Hall of Famer Jerry Rice is the only other receiver to accomplish this in all 
of a career. So he did it in his entire career. Cooper Cup's done it in one season. Um, and I think my final one, Whitworth, the oldest starting left tackle in NFL history, joined Rice and Brady as the only players in their 40s to participate in a Super Bowl. Paul, do you have some stats for us? That I do, indeed I do. Sticking with the Rams, the uh, Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson's wife went into labour during the game and had to leave the stadium. She then later on successfully delivered a new baby boy. Congratulations to the Jeffersons. Which that's a TV show. Um, Matthew Stafford, 49,995 career passing yards. And 323 touchdown passes in the regular season were the most for a quarterback who was making his Super Bowl debut. Sean McVay became the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl at 36 years and 20 days, making 303 days younger than Mike Tomlin was when the Steelers won Super Bowl 43. Couple more to, uh, to go through. Joe Burrow, who was sacked 51 times in the regular season and 19 more in the playoffs, including seven times by the Rams on Sunday, became the first quarterback to be the most sacked in the regular season, yet still advanced to the Super Bowl. And finally, the attendance for the first Super Bowl at the SoFi Stadium in LA was 70,048. Those lucky, lucky souls probably had to pay several thousand pounds for those tickets. And we actually found out at one point that a beer in the stadium was at least $21. Yeah, somebody had posted the uh, the drinks uh, sign, hadn't they, on social media. And it was like, if anybody's wondering, this is the price you're paying for drinks inside SoFi. It was like, What? What? Absolutely outrageous. I suppose you've got to pay for that stadium somehow, haven't you? Five billion, was it five billion dollars or something like that? Like that was just for that TV that goes all the way around. That would be cool. Right then, uh, so if if Rams Aaron Donald retires, which he indicated was a possibility if Los Angeles won the crown, he will almost surely go down in history as one of the greatest interior defensive linemen in league history and arguably the greatest defender, period. And I think like a lot of the podcasts have been of the like, top three kind of thing. LT's up there and stuff like that. You know, it's, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I've been made no secret of my uh, Aaron Donald love on this podcast several times. Uh, a, rough su- a rough Super Sunday debut for All-Pro Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey who was beaten for a 46-yard catch by Chase, uh, Jamal Chase in the first quarter and a 75-touchdown by Higgins, who got away with a face-mask penalty to Ramsey to open the second half. Yeah, he had a, a, a bad day. Um, Stafford is the third starting quarterback to win a, a Super Bowl in his first season with the team, joining Tom Brady with the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Trent Dilfer in the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd dropped his first ball of 2021, killing Cincinnati's penultimate drive with little more than six minutes left 
in the fourth quarter. The Rams drove for the game-winning score on their ensuing play, ensuing 15-play, 79-yard march. Uh, Stafford and Earl Morale and Earl Morale are the only quarterbacks to play for the Lions, but later go on for the, to win the Super Bowl. Morale uh, relieved the Hall of Famer Johnny Unitas, leading the Baltimore Colts to victory over the Cowboys in Super Bowl Five. Super Bowl 57 will be staged next year in Arizona. Go. So there we go. The, the last stats of the season. Done and dusted. Um, I think the question at this point is how much time are we going to talk about the biggest halftime show Ever. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I've said this before. I, I, I was, I was underwhelmed by it, but I can, I can see why people thought it was good, and I can see why people said it was, it was incredible. It was the most sort of impressive halftime show of all time. For me, it promised an awful lot, delivered very little. I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on that one. They, the, the amount. There were points where that halftime show was bigger than the game. There were points like like the just purely the advertisement. It's a halftime show that got its own advert and was like, this halftime show is gonna be immense, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be all these legends, it's gonna be awesome. And I think the I think the biggest issue I had was like, oh you've got all these these mega stars, these musical mega stars, and 25% of them are actually singing and the rest are lip syncing uh, including what is at this point you could argue the biggest star of the lot comes out to lip sync through his entire routine it's like why don't you not bother so it was <laughs> it was bad it, it was just it was just a bad show all round um, but yeah, I, f I felt about the halftime show the way I felt about the the game itself. It was disappointing. I think I, I think it comes into like how big a fan you are of people. I'm not a big biggest fan of Eminem anyway. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Fifty Cent. So those two were kind of like thingy. the spectacle in terms of like how they'd set it up. I enjoyed that. The kind of like wandering around the house or coming down the house and all that kind of thing, but yeah, I wasn't yeah because I'd I'd heard a lot of the reviews before I actually saw it and I was like yeah you know when people are like oh yeah it's a nine it's a ten it's a this that and the other and I was kind of like nah that no just that nah, just didn't it didn't live up to what people had hyped it up to be I think maybe that's part of the problem isn't it. That it's kind of it was overhyped in the end. I just tried to get too many people into it. This is the problem now. It's presented as oh, it's going to be this person, and then it's not just that person. It's the like the seven or eight other people that come with it, and you kind of like yeah, they could have done it a bit better by not having some people in it um, and less of some people. Um, and 
you know, and more of others um, would, would be the kind of like kind of way to go with it. But yeah, it, it wasn't quite as yeah, it just wasn't quite as as as, as much as as it was hyped up to be, to be honest. So, is there, is there much more to cover? We might have to take a break if we've got more to cover. We'll take a, we'll take a small break yeah, and fine. we'll come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll just go through any, we'll go through any last sort of thoughts and things like that. Sure. Right, we'll be back in one second. Recording. Recording in progress. Yeah, boy. Yeah, so I suppose... For me, with it, I think what what Matt said there was probably a, a like a perfect sort of roundup of it. There, like, I'm not I'm not the, the the world's biggest fan of that particular style of music. So, but I, I don't I don't mind it. But it's not my personal sort of cup of tea as such. But I was still excited to see what they were going to put together, um, and. One of the main things that I seem to have heard like a lot of people say it was the fact that of the of the song choices, the 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 one that Eminem did end up singing was probably the last they would have picked for his particular sort of big hits. So, yeah, yeah, it, it just felt it just felt really weird. It was really disjointed. It was. And I think, I think the main the main thing as well. I think this this might be a this might be a little bit of a, a sort of a not petty as such, but this might be a bit of a sort of a strange thing to bring up. But that that style of music, how, how should I phrase this? Lot lot of swearing, lot swearing, lot, lot, lot swearing that uh, in that particular style of music, and obviously. If you're on a global sort of scale, you can't be dropping your mother flippers and your, you know, your 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 n-word gyms and stuff like that. Um, so obviously they had to they had to clean up. I know obviously like all those songs have got radio edits and whatnot. So it's not it's not against like you know it's not outside of the realms of possibility that people have heard those songs in the clean versions before, but. It's not the songs that, you know, those people have fallen in love with and stuff like that. So they'd probably feel a bit jipped if they don't hear, you know, the songs sung in a certain way. But just, just my personal opinion, basically. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, some of the stuff that come come off the back of it. There's the all the forced uh, controversy. Uh, Eminem taking a knee when he'd been specifically told not to um, and some of the stuff that I've, I've quite enjoyed is some of the memes and things that have come off the back of it so somebody had posted a picture of uh, Eminem taking a knee um, with the caption uh, I was so blown away by the fact that Dr Dre could play the piano that I'd never even noticed Eminem taking a knee um, this forced controversy that apparently and uh, I don't want to shock you boys but apparently uh, Mr. Snoop Dogg had been uh, seen using recreational drugs. Now, now, as as the it's... clean living individual that Snoop Dogg is, as as the uh, the beacon of light that he is for certain things, 
Um, I am shocked. Um, this, this is brand new information. I, I was not under the impression that he was a user of the, the, the sweet Mary Jane, the bitter herb, if no, we will. Um, I have already burnt all of his CDs that I own uh, and any, uh, any clothing. Yeah. When he says burn, do you mean... I rolled, I rolled those CDs up and, and smoked them. Um, and let's not forget, this, this act, this heinous act was committed in a state where it's legal. And he's Snoop Dogg. He could do it in the White House if he wanted and nobody would bat an eyelid. Because, you know, I think, I think the second thing he's known for is music. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it was just like, oh, just, just, just shush, just, just stop trying to find. <laughs> so that's the halftime show. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if we have covered it or if we've tried to cover it or, or what. Um, I think you might have mentioned it right at the start, Paul. Um, disappointing Super Bowl from the perspective of not not overly exciting. Um, it, you know, there was no there was no coming back from being twenty whatever points down. There was no. Um, just give it to Marshawn and let him run it in moments. There was no... Yes, there was the, the there was the Joe Mixon throwing a touchdown, you know. But... Like I say, I, I, I had a lot to say about the, the, the Rams and, and how they looked as a team. Um, I think, you know, I think you can excuse the Bengals a lot, you know. It's uh, one, you know... I know Burroughs is, has been always said to be quite cool, calm and collect under pressure and you know he's been to various different finals for various different things and for him he said it himself for him to go out, to walk out onto the super to play the super bowl wasn't a big deal for him uh, but yeah he'd been struggling with some of the fame aspects um but yeah uh, just 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 lacking as a as a Super Bowl, you know. I always I always have that. The Super Bowl should be the the um, accumulation of the entire um, season. You know, it should be the absolute pinnacle. It should be the two best teams going up against each other. And I think you know we've already said, you know, do we feel the Bengals definitely deserve to be there? Obviously go back to every week of the podcast um, where I've said, yeah, I'm, I'm loving watching the Bengals. I never thought that they were the team to go to the Super Bowl, though. Um, and they, you know, they proved me wrong. Um, but, yeah, what, what are we thinking? A fantastic I, Super Bowl? I think the last two minutes definitely saved it. Yeah. And to say that you'd had pretty much nothing like I said other than the Joe Mixon touchdown in the second half other than that and the no call on the T Higgins face mask I 
can't really remember anything that was massively like sort of incident laden or anything like that, or anything that was like a huge talking point. I noticed, um, not wanting to interrupt, but something that you just mentioned there, I noticed that uh, on the BBC coverage and from watching it as a whole, they mentioned that there was very few um, flag, flags being thrown, very few penalties. They were letting yeah, them play on. I think it was something like until the until the two minute warning when the Rams scored at the end, oh, and obviously like it, it went it went crazy. I think up until that point there'd been like maybe like four flags in the entire game or something like that. And then obviously on that on that that single drive, I think there were like some like three plays in a row that were all that all had penalties on them. Obviously there was the there was the holding call on Cooper Cup that set him up. Um, with a first and goal within the five special guest appearance, um, and then obviously you had the offsetting plays uh, where Cooper Cup got absolutely drilled in the end zone, um, but that was offset by a Bengals penalty. Uh, sorry, a Rams penalty as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very strange. <laughs> It was a very strange one, but um, it, it definitely the last the last couple of minutes definitely saved the game as a whole. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was the, it was one of the Super Bowls I've probably been looking forward to the most in the last couple of years, and it ended up being the one that was a bit of a letdown rather than anything else. But it's what you get, I suppose. I think for me, if if uh, Odell Beckham Jr. hadn't got injured so early on, I think it might have turned into a bit more of a barn burner. But I think <clears throat> once he was out, the Rams struggled to get their offense going. And I think if if the both offenses would have got going, because they both would have had to, they you know, would have start slinging it. Then maybe it would have kicked in a bit more. But uh, yeah, it's just not. It's the, I suppose it gets cages, doesn't it? It's the Super Bowl, it's that kind of like, it's the World Cup final, it's the FA Cup final, it's yeah. that kind of thing of, sometimes the final's not always the best kind of thing. Maybe we had the best game four weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, the the, the game of the playoffs was already that Chiefs-Bills Chiefs game, which was just incredible. So I think it was... It was wishful thinking to think we were going to get a game similar to that. Um, I mean, obviously, in the predictions that we made last week, um, the majority was had, had, had gone for a high-scoring, high-yardage game. Obviously, the sensible one in the group did not go that way, and it ended up paying off for it. But, um, well, yeah. you won. <laughs> I... I like, like you say, it's just one of those ones, isn't it? Like it's, it is what it is. Like the, the game petered out to what it needed to be in the end, and obviously, <clears throat> like you say, the Beckham injury was. I think that probably took more out of the Rams than we than we really first thought to be honest with you, because it, it yeah. seemed to take them a long like like up, 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 probably until about the fourth quarter to really sort of get their groove back, really. Because obviously, outside of Cooper Cup, I don't, I don't, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but. Outside of Cooper Cup and obviously Beckham's receptions in the first yeah in the first half, I don't I, I don't I don't remember Van Jefferson touching the ball that often. 
Um, they obviously had a backup tight end playing because Tyler Higby was injured. Um, so the re- the receiving core outside yeah. of Cooper Cup probably had very very like, little impact on the game. He got injured as well, didn't it? Apparently, like and the the backup tight end who was probably probably you know, had a decent game, but then got injured himself. I think the other thing for me was like apparently about halfway through the fourth quarter. Stafford and Cook just went to McVeigh and was like, "Just let us win it now. Let's put put set out. Let's set some. Let's put out the offense. Just that spread it right out. Let just let us two win it. You know, we've done we've done it all the other ways. Just we're, we're the two that get the are meant to be the best two players. Let's just go and do it. Yeah. Well, as as we said earlier, with the with the um, rushing stats for Cam Akers, they. The, if you look back through the entirety of the game, the Rams basically didn't have a rushing offense at all. Um, the total rushing yards were absolutely woeful, and there was there was a one there was a point at one stage where I think Akers literally was having one yard per attempt, um, and then he managed to bust off like a seven yard run that, gave, that got him either a first down or, in fact, I think it was on that last drive before they scored the touchdown, he, he managed to get him seven or eight yards that either got on the first down or got on the manageable third down. Or so, and that was that was his best run of the entire game and it still wasn't even double digits. Um, so yeah, it's a miracle that he's playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, you, you can't have you can't have too much of a go in what he tore his Achilles about what, eight weeks ago or something ridiculous like that and he came back. So I was it must have been at the start of the season. Yeah, he missed it. Well, it was in, the, it was in like the, I'm not sure it's the preseason or something like that, but it's like certainly like six to eight months, six or eight months kind of thing, which considering it's normally a 18 month recovery to kind of oh. get through that, you know, like basketball players who are just about getting back to full pace now. Fair play to the guy. And obviously he's now got the ring to show for it, so. Seems I'm, 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 the, I'm the only one who's missing out on this. I'll, I'll just put my sort of dog impact into tonight's podcast. So I'll just put that up. Well, that, yeah. that, could be, that could be my contribution to the, the canine. Considering section. that there was telling us to wrap it, it was kind of effectively coming on to tell us to wrap it up before, I think. That's definitely a cuter. <laughs> no, he'd he, he, he come to tell me that he'd had to break up a cat fight. Was what it was what it comes to tell me. Well, I think we've I think we've covered the majority. We've covered the most of the uh, of the incidents, the the stats and whatnot. So I'd, I'd say we've I'd say we've done our duty there, boys. I think we can. Uh, there we go. Dust that one off for the week. We will close the lid on the tie box. We will lift the tie box back into the attic, and we will leave it there for what is. Without a doubt, the longest off season of any sport. But hey, we'll be back. We'll be back September ish sort of time, August September sort of time with season five. If that's not crazy, I don't know what is. Season five of the NFL podcast laces out. Uh, at this point in time, it's my duty 
no job. To thank my glamorous co-host for week in, week out, turning up and helping me steer this mighty ship. I'll thank Matthew Moore for uh, taking up the role of the guest this week. And thank you to you, sir, for joining us at many weeks throughout this season to take the role of the guest. Big shouts out to Stuart Woodmancy, the JFG, James Forrester Gray, Rob Rafton, and in fact anybody who I might have missed, the Stats Mistress for statting us up week in, week out. Uh, my special guest who decided that he needed to let me know about his fighting around the world, and uh, yeah, I, indeed anybody I might have missed. I haven't missed you because I didn't want to mention you. I've missed you because my memory is terrible. That's it. There we go. How about I thank you, the listener, or, or in fact, watcher. Because without you, we'd just be three guys, or a bunch of people, talking about a sport that's from a different country that, you know, do we really know what's going on? Who knows? Go on then, you say your bit. No, well done. You are... I couldn't do it without you. Stop trying to get on my knee. Right, there we go. Thank you very much, people. And we'll see you next season. Can't believe it. The season is over. Thank you very much. And goodbye. So there you go. That's it. Season's over. Everything's done and dusted, wrapped up with a nice, neat bow. As I've said at the end of the podcast there, big thank you to anybody that contributed to the NFL podcast over the season. Couldn't do it without you. You're all amazing. And a big thank you to you for listening and or watching along. That's it for this season. Until next season, I'm going to say bye. Whilst last little bit, I know this podcast is ending, but do subscribe because you'll get more information about other podcasts we've got going on. And you can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. Right, that's it. There we go. I'll catch you next time. See you later.